to the Watling and Owen show here on a Wednesday. We were off Monday, of course. Matt Watling, prior commitments, just such a busy guy. Doesn't have time for the show anymore. So he was out of town. However, I'm, I'm happy to be here, Matt. I feel like there's a lot that we could have discussed on Monday, but it kind of carries over into Wednesday. So not the worst thing ever. So we're kind of in that weird in-between phase with sports right now where the finals ends and it's like only really baseball. But then you look and the NFL is not too far away either so some exciting stuff coming up uh but for now we kind of have a little bit of a lull in the sports action well look the people know i was at my brother's wedding that was i a, didn't want to say anything I'll, I'll, we talked about on, on the wednesday show from last week when i didn't have my speech prepared oh that's right and it was that's a right. smashing success luke i mean everybody loved the speech i think there were certain i think you had some concerns luke for, for your for the speech i have to give at your wedding yeah. very but concerned given you know when i started the speech preparation but let's just say, Luke, there was not a single dry eye in the house, including my own, at, at the end of my speech. Well, well, here's the thing. I have full confidence in you, but you, I don't know if you have enough juice left in the tank. I mean, it's unprecedented to give two best man speeches within a three-month span. It is. And I, I think you have to trust the, the, the load management, if you will, is, look, I'm not one of these Kawhi Leonard types. I'm, I'm a real Giannis Antetokounmpo. Play me every single game. Play me 40 minutes a game. Give me all of that. Uh, you know, really just I love that. grind me down to a fine powder, Luke, with the amount yeah. of best man speeches I need to write. Now, now it will be different for you, though, Luke, because, you know, my brother, he's known me since I was a, a child, right? He, he was the one in, in first grade That's running hurt. around to his teacher saying my mom's pregnant when, when she wasn't because he, wow. wanted, he wanted us a little brother. And he got him. And he did, just a couple years later. And maybe he didn't turn out the way that he wanted him to, but he still got one. So that's 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 an unnecessary shot for a man wearing a buzz cut right Very now. unnecessary. Yeah, we'll get – yeah, that's true. I was going to – yeah. You know, the hair is gone, as people can tell. Uh, a lot of people, uh, people that I, I know and I love, have said I look like I just got out of prison. So there's that. Especially the orange um, shirt certainly helps that, uh, that, that case. Yeah. I also realized I wore the shirt last week on the show, so bad bad move from me. I don't. You're so classy on the show. You got me just wearing a t-shirt here. I mean, you've seen me wear a polo every single show. You should probably figure it out. Should by I now. step it up? I have to wear a polo all day at work, though. You know, I gotta, I gotta change fair. out. I gotta, I gotta change the fit. But yeah, buzz cut. Luke is in full effect. I I don't know. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I'm not saying that I look better with the buzz cut because I don't. But I gotta say, Matt, you know, you and I both know her. Uh, Jody, she was like, are you sure? She, she had, a, she double checked me, like triple checked me, didn't know, but she even said it didn't look that bad. She touched up the beard. So we're rocking with the buzz for a little while. Well, here. well Luke, I gotta ask, you have to respond to, uh, our friend Mikey P. He comments in the chat, OJ Owens coming out of prison. Wow. <laughs> Does the glove fit Luke? Does the glove fit? Listen, OJ didn't go to prison for uh, allegedly murdering his wife. People forget, all right? He did other things. So we got to we gotta keep that in mind. Yes, that's um, so better. <laughs> what a brutal comment, though, from Mikey P. I, that, that's going to be tough too. to shake. Yeah, for, right, right to start. But we appreciate the engagement. Uh, we'll, we'll get it going here. We got a lot to get to today. Like I said, kind of awkward break. Matt, we're probably a couple weeks away from the win-loss, win-loss, oh, loss, yes. win game. Yes, in all its glory, and and so we've got a be... bet in place, Luke, for our draft for our uh, NFL picks, and and now that we both have jobs, we can actually afford the payoff. We're actually going to do did it we... starting this year. Did we discuss your payment? No, but you can make me do whatever you wow. want. Oh, I because I'm going to win. It doesn't make a difference. I'm going to win, and you're going to have to do this bet, and you're going to like it. 
Well, here's here's the thing, Matt. If you lose, we have to bring back Buzzcut Watler. Oh wow, that's on the table. That Ooh. is on the table. Ooh. Now you're rethinking things a little bit here. Wow, I just I don't think the level is fair though, because you're gonna make oh, me you're gonna make fair. me shave these beautiful locks, this luscious hair. And when you lose, I was gonna cook you a nice piece of salmon. Yeah, but I despise fish. I think it needs to be more than just salmon at that point. I think it needs to be a three-course wow. meal of things that you hate. Oh gosh! But I it's mean, gonna be delicious. There are... Like, like you don't like you don't like salmon. Salmon's delicious. What else don't you like? Uh, I don't like any seafood. I don't like. Uh, that's really it. Do you I like Brussels sprouts? Really... I don't like Brussels. Oh, sprouts. I'll make a delicious no. Brussels sprout. Oh, a nice see, but you say it... glazed Brussels sprout. A nice char to it. Oh, delicious. All right, well, if you agree to the buzz cut terms, then I will eat whatever you prepare for me. You sure about that? <laughs> yeah. No matter how gross. I'm very confident in myself this year. Well, we'll have to we'll have to crunch the numbers and figure things out, but I think that's something we can we can consider. We don't have to make the uh, uh, the actual bet and or you know, finalize the bet until what is it, September? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that. All right, sounds good. We'll get back to that later. Uh we start though with the NBA finals last night ended. Of course, Milwaukee wins. Uh, they took four games in a row, their first title since 1971. And I got to say, Matt, my initial, my initial thing I want to talk about, there's a lot to get to in this game, but just seeing the pure joy from Giannis last night was really awesome. I mean, this is a guy that we, we'll talk about it at length. Everyone's talking about it. It's a guy that, you know, I, I don't want to mock, but like people are like, oh, you know, he stayed with one team. He did it the right way, which I really do think is cool. Like, I think it is cool that he did it with, with one team. He got, you know, you can see the pictures from when he was first drafted. He's a scrawny guy. He puts on all this muscle. He becomes such a dominant player. And just to see the joy on his face, you know, to see him have to, like, sit down and kind of take a moment to really let everything sink in for a guy that, you know, his dream was to, to come to America to play basketball and not to be an NBA champion, I think is, is so awesome. I think it was one of the most enjoyable finals I've seen in a while where I didn't really have a heavy rooting interest. You know, usually I root for LeBron. So if he's not in the finals, uh, you know, whatever. But I, I really enjoyed watching these finals, and I'm just so happy for Giannis. He deserves it. He had a great game. To be that dominant, to drop 50 points in a deciding game is, is really all-time stuff. It, it certainly is. And, and Luke, he it feels like everyone was happy for him winning. You know, you heard the comments. You heard all the things of that nature. And he was just so smiley the entire time. And that was pretty cool to watch. And and this all of these performances or all these performances – Having played on what what seems like a bum knee, right, Luke? Wasn't it just either yeah. earlier in this series? Did you see was... the other report? No, no. So after game five, he was on an IV and oh, had right. fluids because he was. <laughs> so people think maybe he had COVID. But I I, I don't, see I don't it. know, but well, his brother had it, so oh, that was okay. like the this that, that was the speculation. But either way, like he was clearly not a hundred percent, and it was incredible to watch. I mean, he had three forty-plus point games with ten rebounds as well. Averaged 35 points per game this series. And we had, you know, clowns like Kendrick Perkins saying he's the Robin in this scenario. And Chris Middleton's the Batman. Like, I understand where they're coming from when they say these things and them being Kendrick Perkins because he's not the prototypical star, right? When you think of a star in this league, you think of ball dominant. You think of Steph Curry shooting threes. You think of LeBron James, you know, with more of a mid-range, sometimes even shooting threes, you know, on the back end of his career. But for... For Giannis, he's really like a, a 90s bully ball style basketball player. You know, take it to the hoop, dunk on seven guys, and, and it's certainly different than what you expect.
But if you're putting up 50 points in a game, in a closeout game, I don't care how you get those points, whether it's free throws, in which case he hit 17 of 19, whether it's, you know, right at the at the bucket or if it's beyond the three-point arc, I don't care. You just put up 50 points. You're a superstar. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I, a lot of the conversation has shifted to like, oh, has the, the crown been passed? But like, we had that conversation with Katie, with Steph, with Kawhi, with Giannis. Like, so me, I'm just, I'm living in the moment. And like you said, like, if no one can stop you, then why not just keep going to the rack? Like, why does he have to pull up and, and shoot a three when he can drop 50 on you and, and no one can stop it? So it's kind of like, it really reminds me of Shaq. And, and that was the main comparison I saw because he was the first since Shaq to average 35 and 10 shoot. You know, he shot 62% from the field for the series. Just the guy that's going to go to the rack and, and just beat you at will. And you have no answer. And to me, that was, that was so fun to watch. And to see, you know, the role players, they deserve a lot of love too. Like when I tweeted, I tweeted, uh, you know, about how happy I was for Giannis, but I also was talking about how that was a great team win because Drew Holiday played fantastic defense on Chris Paul. Chris Middleton hit some huge buckets throughout the series. You know, Bobby Portis was a great player. Uh, Pat Connaughton, out of nowhere, was a great role player. So there was a lot of great guys in this team. And for the Bucs, it was like, would it ever happen? Because they were always a top seed in the East, always won, you know, 50, 60 games, which just couldn't do in the playoffs. So to see it finally happen is so great for that city, which really passionate fan base. They kind of rallied around the whole notion of them being a smaller market or not people not wanting to be there. And it was a really awesome environment. So really happy for the city of Milwaukee. It's always cool to see a city finally win a championship when it's been that long. And Luke, I know this is something that's been talked about more recently is, oh, they're not going to get back there. Oh, does Giannis need to get another one? Like, do you think those things kind of matter? Like, do, do you think he needs to get another one in terms of legacy or in general? Or is that something that people like just like to talk about because it's, you know, it's, it's controversial. Like I, I personally, I don't like the idea of saying, Oh, now go get us another one. Like realistically, I don't know if this team wins another championship for the next three years, just because of Brooklyn, you know, because of the Sixers, but eventually I'm sure they'll come back around to it. Giannis is going to be a star in this league for, I would say the next 10 years. I don't think that's hard to hard to see maybe seven or eight. If you want to give him, you know, a, a more rougher aging curve because he's a physical player. But to me, he won his one championship that's fine. If he doesn't win another championship the rest of his career, I'm perfectly okay with that. Like he's still a hall of famer at this point in, in this current trajectory of his career, regardless of if he gets another championship or not. Yeah. And I mean, you look at guys, it's all about getting that, at least that first championship, like look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, people still question him, but if he hadn't won that Super Bowl back in 2011, then people would probably talk differently about him. But because he got that one out of the way, he kind of was able to, to stay as, as an all time great. And, Yes, he obviously catches some heat for only having the one, but to get that one is so important. But it, it's tough, though, because I, I hate turning on, like, sports talk, really mostly TV today, and everyone being like, you know, can the Bucks do it again next year? You know, look at what's going to happen next year. The Nets are already favorites. It's like, well, yeah, but can we just stop and, and kind of enjoy what just happened? But I understand it's a, it's a business that's always moving, that's always moving on to the next thing. So, I mean, to answer the question, I don't think it's necessary that he has to win another title, but I think he will. I mean – the Nets are a project that could be done in two years. I mean, you never really know what's, what's going to happen. I, I think they'll win at least one. But, I mean, Philly, I think they end up trading Ben Simmons. They'll probably get a nice package for him. But I don't think they're immediately better than the Bucks. So, I mean, I could see Milwaukee being right back in the situation next year if, if something happens again to the Nets where we talked about, you know, if one of these guys gets injured, they might not be able to do it. But one other thing I saw in that is, like, if KD had a, a slightly smaller foot, 
this would have been the Nets winning that championship. So sometimes it's just about getting the right balance. Well, even if he had the right shoe size on, he wears it a size big because he likes the room True, yeah. for his feet. And and that just that that hurts for for Nets fans. What's wild? Because when you go to the shoe store, you got to do the you got to push on the mm-hmm. on the toe. You know, you got to make sure it's nice and snug. You can't be you can't be having a full foot after that. No, you you well, you're not getting a full foot more. You're just getting one shoe size well, up. Well, how long is it? How long is the shoe size? It's like an inch. Have you have you never used that metal thing that measures your foot? Yeah, but it says like thirteen. Yeah, thirteen to fourteen isn't that far. How far is it? It's like maybe the size of your thumb, like the, oh, okay. the the width of your thumb. Well, I don't. You don't have an exact answer, so I don't know why you're acting like it's I'm not crazy a foot. Okay, it's not a foot. I'm sorry. It's maybe was, an, it's not even an inch. Okay, yes, think. it's obviously not a foot because then his foot would be like 16 feet long. I understand that. I, I, no, it was a hyperbole. Well, okay, it's two inches, and he was literally touching the line, like or it's half right, an inch. Whatever. He was touching the line; it probably wouldn't have come came off it. Okay, sorry. He should have had a, an extra less a less half of an inch, and then he would have been Thank able you. to hit it. There you go. But yeah, in in all seriousness, Luke, the the legacy of Giannis is incredible you know he's, he's eight years into his career which is it's always kind of crazy to sit there and think about with basketball players because almost all of them started 18 right it's one year after yeah. college maybe 19 and at 26 years old luke he's got a finals championship obviously a finals mvp a two-time nba mvp three-time all nba first team he's a defensive player of the year three-time all defensive first team five-time all-star and a most improved player like, that's a laundry list of yeah. awards that you're lucky if you get in three careers, let alone, you know, before you even hit your peak at this point for Giannis. Yeah, and it also helps he might be the most likable player in the NBA. Like you said, everyone was happy for him. Obviously, the narrative shifts if he becomes, you know, a real great, because that's the test of a great is when people start hating them. But guys like Katie, guys like LeBron, they more get hated because they leave their team. You know, Giannis hasn't done that yet. He's still in the same situation, but... People do hate winning if, if you do it too much. And he's just so likable. I mean, seeing him after the game, uh, his post-game press conference, the Chick-fil-A thing where he orders the 50, not 49, not 51, 50. Uh, I, I need your take, Matt, though. What do you feel about the drink order? Half Sprite, half lemonade, no ice. I'm a big fan of no ice because you, you wow. get more drink. Duh. The, 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 the pipes but are I like cold. Taste. You want more uh, drink. I respect it. I, I actually like it. Um, you're not, you don't, you don't have the gall to, to go no ice though. I feel like you're always an ice guy. No, I don't. I, sometimes we'll say light ice or no ice, or if, if I'm using like the mobile app and you can select it, I'll go, you know, little ice. Um, but no, I'm certainly not the guy that would say no ice. Uh, I, I don't know how I would like the Sprite lemonade because there's not enough carbonation to, to carry the lemonade at that point. It just kind of, yeah. it might taste a little flatter or odd, but, um, where's I going with that? I don't know where I, you're going with that. I'll, I can. I, I think what I was trying to go with is that poor girl that has to take his order. If she doesn't know who uh, that is for some reason, she must be. It must be a whirlwind. Because well, you have I'm some, some, some jerk ordering fifty chicken nuggets, and then he goes, "Not forty nine, yeah. not fifty one. If I'm the worker, I'm like, "You're you're a, you're a jerk. You're you're ordering. I heard you say fifty. Mention, you know, I think you he, put her on the. He put her on the Instagram live too. 150,000 people were watching at that moment. But he did ask for her her approval, which is, That's true. is nice. Um, That's true. That was kind of cool, I guess. It was funny. I enjoyed it. 
I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know what's disappointing though, Luke? When what? I order fifty nuggets from Chick Fil A, I get shunned or looked down on. But <laughs> when Giannis shame. does it, people enjoy it. So I don't really understand that. Yeah. Yes, maybe start doing things like Giannis, and and people will will accept it. Um, one one final point I do want to talk about with Giannis, and then we can maybe look at the other side quickly. Um, was Emmanuel Acho talking about Giannis being? Once again, we have a face of the sport conversation that ends up in controversy where he's saying basically uh, we don't know who the who his mother is or his family is. You know, it's not LeBron or Kobe where you know their roots, where you know their backstory. Um, and it really does feel you, you talked about before the show, it does feel like an Otani Stephen A take. But to me, like. It is cool to know, like, you know, LeBron's from Akron and here's his mom and blah, blah, blah. But it's not necessary. Like, all you need to know about Giannis is he's a guy that came into the NBA with a huge chip on his shoulder, was severely, you know, not underweight, but he was, he was scrawny. He was a guy that people laughed at the Bucks for picking. And, you know, 2K gave him like a 55 rating or something like that. And he built his way up. He comes to the United States. Uh, he, he becomes this really awesome guy, uh, a great guy for the city, a great guy, just a hilarious guy, and wins this championship. Like, I don't think it's necessary. Like, to me, he right now, in this moment, he's kind of the face of basketball. And I mean, he's doing a great job and, and he's he's everywhere right now. Like, I don't think it really matters what his backstory is or how much we know about his family. No, it certainly it doesn't take away. But also, if you want the, the personality, I, I, I kind of. But I don't think you need to know the, the family for it. And I, and I think what Emmanuel Acho said towards the end of his his his, his conversation was people are too lazy to look into Giannis because he's not from here. And, that, and that's true. Like, people aren't yeah, going to go look true. up Giannis's backstory. They want it force-fed to them. But now it's on Emmanuel Acho and, and us, Luke, and ESPN to bring us what his backstory is. Did, did I Google search Kobe to look up where he was from? No, like, people told me this. I learned it through the media. And for Emmanuel Acho to not bring his story to the table is disappointing because he's a guy that's been an advocate for marginalized groups right he had the 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 uncomfortable conversations with a black man uh you know during quarantine around last uh last year but Giannis is awesome like everyone loves this guy and I don't think he's the face because I still think LeBron will be the face until he retires but this is a really fun guy to watch and he's also getting a movie made about him Luke I don't know if you saw this but they have a Disney movie that's been in the works for a year or so now about Giannis and and this seems to be the end so yeah this will be a great way to actually see what Giannis is all about and I'm excited for it because he really does have a pretty interesting story when you look at the background that he came from you know his family not being the wealthiest um you know being being from Greece right like that's pretty cool his I mean his I know his father passed away young uh him and his brothers always talk about their dad how close they are they're all NBA champions you know you can say what you want about his other two brothers obviously not the players that Giannis are uh, is, but they are NBA champions. They made the NBA, um, things like that. And I, I hope the movie's not like the Kurt Warner uh, vehicle that's coming out because that looked brutal. But hopefully, this is a little bit better made. Did you see that trailer? I did. Why is the, there a Kurt Warner movie? Uh, he has a cool story. Does he? But I don't know if he needs a movie. Well, yeah, he was a gro- he was a grocery store clerk. So was I. He got a call. Yeah, he got a call to. I forget which team wanted him to work out first and he had, he missed it. He missed the workout for some reason. I forget what the, re- I think 
I think he was getting married. I don't know what, what happened. Then he went to the CFL, then he came back, you know. But, yeah, I, I don't know if he really deserved the movie, but I think he's putting up a lot of money for it, so I guess that's why. Um, let's talk about the Suns for a minute because they're they're on the other end of this thing, and it's tough. Uh, I, I've gone back and forth with how I feel about the Chris Paul legacy question because, to me, I already think he's a top three, four, definitely top five. I'd say he's a top four point guard of all time for me already. A title will definitely solidify that. But I've gone back and forth with the likability of Chris Paul. Like I think he's a great player, but if he doesn't win a championship, I'm not going to really lose sleep over it. You know, there's some guys who are like, man, like he needs that championship. Like I really hope Mike Trout gets a championship before he retires. You know, things like that. But I don't know the the cheap foul on Giannis, kind of the the flopping throughout the series, the whining. It, it kind of made me feel like you know what? I'm not really all that concerned about Chris Paul not winning a championship. Maybe I'm a bad guy for saying that, but. I don't know. He, he's obviously a, a great player, a great voice for the NBA, you know, the head of the, so, the Players Association, things like that. But I don't know. It just felt like maybe he was t- too tired or too old or just unable to really carry a team in the finals at this point in his career. I think he's hurt, to be honest. And, and I don't think it'll come out there. Maybe it will. But, like, let's not act like it's all on Chris Paul. Like, he was never – I'm not acting like I'm that. I'm not saying no. you are, but I'm saying people in general. Like, he was never brought in there to be the superstar of this team. You've got – Devin Booker you've got DeAndre Ayton who he helped unlock and for those guys to you know for Ayton to be completely bullied by Giannis I mean I understand it but at that point him and Monty Williams have to figure out a way to can to avoid that you know if you want to get let Giannis hit 50 points just don't let Ayton embarrass himself on the offensive side of the glass and at some point to some extent he was so I don't think this is on Chris Paul but also Luke Chris Paul is the only player to go 2-0 and lose in four separate series like that can't just yeah. be coincidence anymore right like yeah he runs into lebron what in um no he didn't run into lebron he ran into steph curry a couple times right in houston yeah curry with the rockets he got hurt with houston mm-hmm. uh the clippers lost i think i think the clippers lost to oh i can't even remember who they lost to back in the day i don't remember what a beagle Maybe state the again Oh, yeah. Actually, it probably was Golden State. The early Golden State teams, yeah. And then did he have – where was he last year? OKC? Yeah, in OKC, they weren't going to compete for a championship. But did they go down to – did they go up 2-0 at one point? I don't think think they went up 2-0. I'm pretty sure they were like a seven seed. But um, it is interesting to see where he goes. Because, I mean, I still think the Suns are in a decent spot. I mean, the West is tough. The Lakers will be back. The Nuggets will have Jamal Murray. The Jazz are the Jazz. But – I think if he stays, I mean, who's giving him 44 mil? And maybe he's not only caring about money, but it's hard to walk away from that and try to get another team to pay you that. Like, I don't know if a team's going to go multiple years with him. He's an older guy. Uh, hasn't really broken down much, but we've seen towards the end maybe a little injured, a little fatigued, or, or things like that. But I do wonder if he just goes and, and chases a ring or if he want, or if he thinks the Suns can do it next year. And I think the, the obvious answer, Luke, if he wants to chase that ring, is to go play with LeBron in, in L.A., right? I mean, that's a spot yeah. that's... Nice. It needs a point guard. You think you expect Dennis Schroeder to leave, which is unfortunate when you give up a first round pick for him after one year. But I, I guess not a huge deal because it was the thirty second or thirtieth overall pick. But you know, you look at this at Chris Paul and say, "We there's this double standard, Luke, that players need to stick with the team they're at and stop ring chasing, but they also need to win a ring." And it really only happens in the NBA. Maybe the NFL a little bit, you kind of see it. But at some point, there needs to be a side to pick. You can either criticize guys for ring chasing, 
or you can stop criticizing guys for not winning rings. Because if Giannis never won a ring but stayed in Milwaukee, nobody was going to praise him for being that forever buck. They were going to criticize him for not winning a ring and not being good enough. When in reality, you know, they could have very easily lost that game and it would not have been uh, Giannis' fault at all. And they could have lost the series and it still wouldn't be his fault. And then all of a sudden he doesn't have a ring and now people are saying he can't win the big one. He can't do this or that. So there's got to be a certain deciding factor. You know, pick one or the other. You, you can't have it both ways. I agree. And I wonder if that ring, like, obsession happened because we started comparing guys, you know, LeBron to Jordan and Kobe and things like that. Because you had so many dynasties back in the day, like the Lakers, the Pistons, the Bulls, eventually the, the new Lakers with Kobe and Shaq, where it's like, it's one of the only measuring sticks to compare people to all-time greats. But it's hard to win a championship in today's NBA. I think it's a little bit harder. I mean, when you look at the teams back in the day, it was kind of like a couple teams. But now it seems to be changing hands a little bit more. You know, we did see some dynasties with the Warriors, with LeBron and things like that. But, yeah, it's tough because, like you said, it, it really is a double standard because we praise Giannis. And then, you know, when LeBron wins a, a ring with the Lakers, it's like, oh, you know, he had to go pair up with AD and he had to go to L.A. to do all that. You know, he couldn't just do it in Cleveland, even though he did do it in Cleveland. And even that doesn't get appreciated. So it's kind of weird how we've we've set this up. So I agree with you. I think rings are important, but I don't know if they're the end-all, be-all just because you need the right circumstances. But I think the difference between any other sport in the NBA is that one individual player can impact the team the most in the NBA because, you know, it, it's the ball, it's, it's them and the basket. And if they can make something happen, they can make something happen. Whereas in football, you need a whole team. Same thing in baseball. I guess hockey, but, I mean, we see Conor McDavid every year. He, he can't just carry a team to the cup, so... I think basketball is just the one sport where one player really impacts the outcome of the game. It, it certainly does. And I, I guess that's why it's fair that basketball has this. But also, you, you, you can't expect Chris Paul to not try to win a championship, you know, take a league minimum to go over to L.A. And, and you know, criticize him for that when you're also saying this guy needs a ring to be considered one of the all-time greats, which and what's so crazy, Luke, is he's, what, going to be 37 years old at the start of next season? or during next season. Yeah. What is he really providing at 37 years old? You know, is he is he really I mean, I deserving get... to be a starter? What is he bringing to a championship team at 37? Where at that point he I mean, might be a passenger. What's the difference between well, What's the difference between next year and what he just did this year? I mean, I guess my my statement or my concern is if you're sort of like oh, who's the there's a a player that played forever in uh, Bork played in Boston. Ray Bork played in Boston forever. His last year he played, he was traded to Colorado and won a championship. And now all of a sudden he's the champion. He didn't necessarily do a whole lot in his last year. So for Chris Paul to go out there and go to LA and to win a championship at 37, he's not leading this team to a championship. So why do we, at this point in his career, so why do we put so much weight on championships when if he wins it now or throughout the rest of his career, whenever he gets one, He's not going to be the best player on his team. So why are we holding that championship the same value as one from LeBron when he was in Cleveland? I mean, that's true, but maybe it's like a personal thing for him. Like maybe it's something that he wants. You maybe know, maybe he, he wants, wants to go to that's LA. Fair. That, but then and I, at that I point think... for him, then a ring's a ring. But for the people, you know, the, the, the talking heads like us, Luke, that are, that are speaking about this right now, if he retired right now or he played another season like he did this year, and the, the ball bounced his way and he won the championship, it shouldn't change his legacy because he's virtually the same person. The only difference is he got lucky. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on his performance, though. I mean, if if he if he plays really well and he's an an important piece, and they like if they won this year, it still would have been great for his legacy. So, I think if he goes to LA, he has a little bit better situation with. I think guys he can count on a little bit more. You know, LeBron's been there, AD's been there, whereas you know Booker was pretty inconsistent, DeAndre Ayton was pretty inconsistent. So I don't know what he ends up doing. Um, I mean, the only team I could see maybe going hard for him would be like a, a Knicks team, or maybe if the Sixers unloaded Ben Simmons, but. It's really tough. Doesn't he want to stay on the West Coast, though, near L.A. with his family? Wasn't that a whole thing? Probably. Probably. But he did say, you know, he thought about the Knicks, but he didn't want to go with no fans. So, I, I don't know if that would impact him. But, yeah, he is He is, He is. is a West Coast guy for sure. Would you, would you, if you're the Knicks, LA. would you give him two years, $30 million per year? Ah, it's so tough. I want it. I mean... Thirty mil is it feels pretty steep to me, and and you look at the way that the Knicks are constructed right now, they're not going to win in the next two years. So unless you get you know a Kawhi, well he can't even say Kawhi Leonard anymore because he's not playing next year. So it's like there's not really that other piece because Chris Paul right now to the Knicks, and I don't really think their season is that much different different than it was this year. I mean maybe they take the Hawks to seven games, but I still don't think they win that series. Not after the 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 Hawks played throughout the rest of the uh, NBA playoffs, right? Yeah, and I can't imagine Chris Paul guarding Trey Young would really end that well. Although Trey Young can guard Chris Paul, so there's a, a two-way street there. But yeah, Chris Paul will be an interesting case this offseason. Um, I don't know. I just my whole thing with Chris Paul, I think he's a great player. I think he's an all-time great, but it, it is he is kind of frustrating to watch sometimes. Like the the foul on Giannis where you undercut him, like that to me, I was like, all right, like that that's a little much uh, at the end of that game five. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm at a point where. Like you said, a ring, you know, a ring where he's the third guy or the fourth guy on a championship team maybe doesn't hold the same weight as, you know, when he was in his prime. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But but also, if he wants to win a ring, I don't care how he does it. You know, this was strictly for the debate and it becomes such a stupid debate is when we look back, Luke, on the Chris Paul career in 20 years from now and it ends at 36 like the way it did or it ends – one year later where he's not necessarily a passenger, but plays another fine season and wins a championship. We're going to make it seem like he was so much better because he had that one ring. When in reality, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was the third best player on a team with LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, you look at guys like Tracy McGrady, like Penny Hardaway, you know, great point guards that everyone's like, man, imagine if they had that one ring. Well, if they sat around and, and were a backup point guard and won a championship, that legacy would be different. Like you said. So it is important. Unfortunately, we do put a lot of weight on it. So, uh, that, that's that's finals talk. I know we went long. Uh, I'll hand it over to you for odd man. We'll talk about Mets and Yankees towards the end. Um, but I thought it was necessary to to really break down the finals because I I thoroughly enjoyed them. I felt really emotional seeing Giannis. Uh, seeing Giannis emotional, like it was just so great to see a player, you know, that happy to win a championship. It really reminded me of of when LeBron won with Cleveland. You know, the the laying on the floor, the just the pure joy to to see that from a, from a professional athlete, a grown man. It. It hits me in the soft spot. That's why. That's why we watch sports. So I, I thought it was important to really to really dive into how awesome that was for the Bucks. It really was awesome. And Luke, let's start with the expansion draft happening right now as we speak. Let's. A lot of them were revealed, Luke, uh, as really before the the night. Right. Can we discuss that? Yeah. Sure. I mean. At, I I want your take on. So the 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 list was had to be submitted at ten a.m today and the draft started at 8 p.m today and basically i think all 32 teams or all 30 teams because vegas wasn't part of it 
all their selections were leaked by and a lot by Frank Saravelli. And that was awesome. What a great job he did finding all these pieces. And look, I don't really care if you leak them or not. I'm still going to watch because I'd like to see it, right? If we weren't doing this right now, Luke, I'd probably be sitting here watching the the expansion draft. I want to see what ESPN does with this product. Uh, they end up having Dominic Moore and Chris Fowler, who does college football for ESPN. Just those two guys, Dominic Moore being uh, an analyst, a former NHL player, and a couple of cameos from some form, first, uh, rather from some future Kraken, from you know some Seattle athletes. Sue Bird, Syosset legend, was there. Marshawn Go. Lynch will be there at some point. Wow! So I love to hear Marshawn Lynch talk about hockey. It was pretty cool, right? I mean. What did you think about the, the, the leaks? I, I, you know me, and, and you kind of approach Twitter, I think, the, the same way as me a lot. I, I find it hilarious that people getting mad at the leaks. Like, I, I love just sitting back and watching chaos. But, like, think about it. Like, if we had that information, like, I would be tweeting it out. Like, the interactions, the engagement, the clout from being able to drop all these, these leaked picks, like, I would 100% do it. And here's my thing. I think if people were going to watch – they're going to watch anyways. Like, I, I was – I probably would have watched if we didn't have a show. I don't have a TV on me right now, so I'm not watching. But either way, you know, picks or no picks, I would have watched. And I think, you know, if people weren't going to watch, they would have just checked their phone and see who the see who they picked. So I don't think it really impacted who watched and who didn't anyways. Yeah, sir, I certainly agree. Um, let, let's bring it local. Did you see the jerseys? I, did, I thought they already unveiled the jerseys. I, they did, but to see them in person, they're they pretty dope. Yeah, they are pretty nice. I'm a fan. Uh, let's start with your Buffalo Sabres, Luke. They lose William right. Borgen. That's right. How do you feel? I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I feel like the, the Sabres and Detroit and I think Vancouver even is one of the handful of teams that their fans didn't care who they gave up because they just had nobody to oh. give. You know what I mean? I mean, he's played four, yeah, he's played 14 career games. He played 10 last year. And the real question for the Sabres was, would they protect him or Ristolainen? And they end up picking Ristolainen. And a lot of people think that's because the Sabres want to actually trade Ristolainen. They think he has enough value to hold on to and trade. So I, I, I'm totally cool with that. I'm not – yeah, again, like the Sabres were like the la- one of the last teams that leaked. I feel like no one really even cared. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Devils give up Nathan Bastion. Played 41 games, 10 points in those games. Again, another one of those guys where you're losing a, a young piece that maybe can be something, but on a, on a team like the Devils that didn't have a lot of talent, he wasn't really performing. You know, he, he's fine, right? Nothing special. Yeah. The Rangers lose Colin Blackwell, their, their center. He would have been probably a third-line center type, but they've got plenty of forward depth to not really worry about it. He, he did have the six most goals on the team with 12 last year. But again, that's a team that's going to score regardless. And it's fine. Right. I mean, did I, did I see that there was a, a potentially a trade attached with Blackwell or something yeah. like that? So it looked like they were going to somehow try to trade for him back and get Mark Giordano along with it. Who's expected to get yeah. uh, selected by Calgary. Uh, I, th- I think the, the price Calgary would have had to pay to make sure they don't take Giordano would have been like a first and a third round pick. So if you're the Rangers and you're a Rangers fan, you're probably seeing something like that cost. You know, you're probably going to have to spend a first plus to get Giordano. If not, you know, maybe a Ryan Strom type piece, someone like that. And if you're going to acquire Giordano, you're probably not getting Eichel. Cause I don't think you have the, 
the draft capital at that point to trade for Eichel because you're probably looking at a team that wants a handful of first round picks. Yeah, and then I need your I need your take on the the Islanders situation. This this whole week has been kind of an interesting week for the Islanders. Has the Islanders lose Jordan Everly in the expansion draft? It it seemed like a guy that they wanted to be taken and, and lose his five and a half million dollar cap hit. It's unfortunate because he certainly plays that that top line wing pretty well with Matt Barzell with Anders Lee. But this season, this offseason as a whole for the Islanders is complete upheaval. They now have something like $24 million in cap space to play with. You trade away the Andrew Ladd contract for a couple of picks, which was incredible to send that to Arizona. You end up trading Nick Letty for uh, Richard Panic and a second round pick. That saves you about $4 million in change of cap. Uh, space, and you're probably going to have eight or so, maybe eight to $10 million to play with after re-signing all the guys you want to re-sign. You're going to need a, a top four defenseman. You're going to probably need a legitimate top line winger. Whether you know, I think that could even be beyond Kyle Palmieri, who they want to re-sign. He's not one of those priority guys that I have adjusted for, kind of in the how much cap space they'll have left. But if you're going to tell me that you're going to trade Everly for Palmieri, basically, in this scenario, I think it needs to be more. You know, they've been tied to Gabriel Landeskog, the captain of the Avalanche. They've been tied to Vladimir Tarasenko. I would love Tarasenko on this team. I think he'd fit in great if you can get him and get St. Louis to retain enough salary to bring him in at $5 million AAV. I think that's a great steal because he's finally getting healthy. He's a guy that's a, a pure shooter, and, and Matt Barzell has not played with a shooter like Vladimir Tarasenko basically his entire career. And that's a guy you want to see, you know, around the perimeter, sh- taking shots, honestly, he can clean up the garbage, and then maybe bring in Zach Parise on a cheap, you know, league minimum deal to play on your third line. So that that's talking hockey, Luke. Yeah, I, I gave you the floor there, and you really took it there with the Islanders talk. No, I'm just kidding. I set you up. I set you up real nice to give myself a little break from talking. Yes, and you certainly can use a break from talking uh, anyway, let's go. Something not on the, the rundown, Luke, but something we kind of talked about before the show. Wow. Uh, there's a report that Texas and Oklahoma want to join the SEC. This is a report that was um, made by the Houston Chronicle, a newspaper out there in, in, well, Houston, Texas, obviously. And the newspaper, according to a report by Alex Scarborough, cited an unnamed college official and said that the announcement could come in a couple weeks. Um Neither school addressed the report. And then there was an interesting story alongside that. The Texas A&M athletic director, Ross Bjork, uh, spoke out against it. And one of the quotes he has is that he will be diligent in uh, – the school will be diligent in its approach to protect Texas A&M. Quote, we want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. There's a reason why A&M left the Big 12, to be standalone, to have our own identity. Um, that's interesting. That really is. That is really odd to see, Luke, and I don't really understand the the hate that A and M is is bringing this idea. Yeah, I think it's it's very weird because A and M and Missouri were the two that spoke out against it. If they need ten of thirteen to approve, so that's two gone already. My question is, why do Texas and Oklahoma want to move? And I understand the SEC pedigree; they bring in more money, but I mean, Texas is big no matter what. Like they, so they're Oklahoma, still, you know. Yeah, and so is Oklahoma, but obviously Texas. Yeah, and Texas doesn't even win, but they're still big. But Oklahoma wins, and they're big. So the other interesting thing I saw was that if they leave, the Big Twelve might die. Like it might die. Like 
they might go, you know, Kansas might go Big Ten. Uh, a couple schools might join the American and make that into a better. Like, this might really kill the Big 12 because if you take out Texas and Oklahoma, especially, well, definitely in football, I don't think that that conference even deserves a, a, a playoff bid. So they're really looking at a, a tough spot right now. So I get it. There's going to be a revenue bump. But, like, do you really want to go to the SEC where you already have, you know, two, three contenders every single year? where you can just run the table in the Big 12 like Oklahoma does every single year and make the playoff. But I guess the, the money talks. I, I don't know how much money you're getting from that, though, because you're playing against big so, schools, right? Like, like Texas, Texas is a national brand. Like, they're making money even if they're 0-10 in their season. So I don't know how much money you're making. And same thing with Oklahoma. I don't know how much money you're making to join the SEC in this scenario, Luke. Yeah, I was looking, and uh, so SEC revenue shares uh, the year before COVID was forty-five million. Like each school got forty-five mil of it. Uh, Big Twelve each was school got forty-five million from the revenue share. Yeah, and Big Twelve was thirty-eight. So not a huge difference, but I know the SEC just signed a new TV contract. They're going to be coming over to ESPN, but I can't imagine it's that much of a boost. Where I mean, I, I seven million, seven million, but for a big program, I feel like it's not that big of a difference. I mean, and if you make the playoffs, you're making more money, I would assume. Yeah, you're rolling in money wherever you go. It, it's interesting. It really is. I don't know. Super conference. But but what do you but you're not gaining anything from it because you're not making it to not the really. you're not making it to the college you know, the the SEC title game. You're not making it to the college football playoff otherwise. Oh. So are you really yeah, going exactly. to sit there and say we just want a couple extra million bucks a year just to sit here and be mediocre? Yeah, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. Like, I've tried to figure out why, and I just can't see it. I would get it if it's, you know, a, a smaller Big 12 school that wants to make that jump. But for two programs that are national names already, I don't really get it. Right. And sticking in the SEC, Luke, let's talk about Alabama. And Nick Saban said he was unsure of the name image likeness effects. Uh, says he know, knows it won't be, quote, equal. Um, this came from a story, Luke, in which the sophomore quarterback, Bryce Young, who hasn't really started for Alabama yet, right? Hasn't even touched the field yet. Last year, no. Mac Jones was a starter when he was a freshman. Now it's a sophomore. He'll make nearly $1 million in endorsements, which is absolutely unheard of. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know. To me, I highly doubt that every single player that's ever come to Alabama has been treated the same way. I have a feeling that the Derrick Henrys, the Mark Ingrams, the Tuas, the Mac Joneses have, have been treated a little bit nicer, but – I get it, um, but I don't think it's going to affect the team. I think this is a great move by Nick Saban to come out and be like, hey, yeah, you know, this guy, bro, this guy's making a million dollars already off this this whole NIL thing, you know, here at Alabama. You know, look at all this money they're making. It's really, it's really going to be difficult to try to make the guys not jealous of all the money that we're making over here. But it is interesting because if you're the offensive lineman and you're sitting there in, in the quad with, with Bryce Young hanging out and you guys both go to get, like, mcdonald's or whatever it is in the, in the or chick-fil-a whatever you're getting there you know in, in our in our world uh luke if we're at oswego state we're, we're going to crossroads and you know i got a million bucks from from whatever sponsorship but you better be covering c's farm market and beverage center you know i'm better be covering you right i think they'll take care of their boys i don't know i, I guess they got to take care of their family so. but the thing is like an offensive lineman knows their role. Like they know they're not going to be the the big guy. That's not going to make you feel any, like, any less in, bad. In whatever. If I'm sitting there watching yeah, this guy like, make a million dollars, and I'm sitting here covering his butt without me. If he gets hurt, he's not making that money again. Like, g- give yeah, me I mean, a little kickback. 
And so that, that, that's why the, you see the quarterbacks in the NFL take care of their O-linemen. You know, they get the gifts, they get everything, because they know that they protect them. And I think I hope that we see the same thing in, in college football. I do like the idea of the name, image, likeness uh, laws in general. I want guys to go out there and get their bag. I don't know if you saw this, but Notre Dame's offensive line has, like, two sponsorships just because they're a bunch of big yeah, boys. I was just going to say that. Awesome. Yep, I was just going to say that. So, they had, see, they got the chance to, to be the big boys, Glad to be the did. hogs. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely – I agree, though. It is going to be interesting to see how that affects recruiting, you know, even just inter-team relations. It definitely is – it's good, but it is definitely different. Right, and the Alabama defensive lineman, uh, Fedarian Mathis, said he's happy for young uh, – not he's he was asked if there's any potential locker room issues he said not really at the end of the day that's why i love my team everybody is happy for everybody i don't think it's jealousy so good on alabama and and their players for not being super jealous you know i don't know if i could say the same for myself but good on them uh from football luke to football if you will uh the mexican soccer federation was fined one hundred nine thousand dollars by fifa for anti-gay chance heard from fans during a May 29th contest against Iceland. Now, this game came prior to another match between the U.S. and Mexico, which was halted because of similar chance. Objects were thrown onto the field, and that actually resulted in Mexico having to play the next two games without fans. This is like a serious issue in Mexico, Luke. For like the last two decades, it's been a serious yeah. problem, and I, I don't know what stops it. You know, there's been reports that they could be banned from next year's World Cup. Maybe that stops it. But this is a real issue for Mexican football, and you know their, their fans have got to kind of figure it out, for lack of a better term. Well, I think the issue is like the Mexican Football Federation, like w- like they take the hit for it. Like they're not the ones doing it. Like the, the, I don't know what they can do to stop it. Like it's fans doing it. So maybe if you threaten the World Cup, the fans will will perk up and listen. But yeah, it's been going on forever, and I don't know. I don't know what the deal is in Mexico. This is clearly a, a major issue and something that we don't, we're not really used to seeing. At least, you know, a mass crowd chanting something like that is is not something we see, you know, ever over here. At least not very often. So it's weird, but like to find, you gotta find someone obviously or punish someone. But I just don't know what else the federation can really do about it. Yeah, Luke, did you see uh, World Cup, the Olympics started this morning? Yes, I did. And the U.S. And women's the US national team women's got absolutely hot seat. wrecked 3 nothing. They lost to Sweden. Yeah. They're, I don't know. I didn't, last... I didn't see anything, but I saw some harsh comments from, from some of the players. The last loss coming in January of 2019. Uh, you know, Alex Morgan said it felt like there were holes everywhere defensively. We didn't have numbers around the ball to win it back. Uh, Megan Rapino said we got our ass kicked a little bit. And... You know, I, I don't think they're going to lose the, the, the gold medal, but it's kind of good to see them get knocked around a little bit, kind of figure things out. and Yeah, all the U.S. There. teams just knocked around a little bit. And also, you know, maybe they didn't get a good sleep on that cardboard bed. You know, That's they right. just kind of get a, the backs. The backs are hurting a little bit. They're a little, they're a little, they're, they're already jet lagged. Like, it's just a bad situation. Luke, do we talk, we didn't talk about on the show that these were anti-sex beds, right? We didn't. Well, it's not confirmed. It's just a rumor. No, I think it's Allegedly. actually confirmed that it's not an anti-sex bed. Well, yeah. If it was, like, these are, like, a thousand of the most athletic people in the world. I think they could figure it out. Yeah. I, I would hope so. I would hope there's some sort <laughs> of, you know, backflip. Yeah. You know, handstand situation they could use. All right. Well, 
let's not get you on another Olympic sex tangent. I think I think people want the Olympic sex tangents. I think you want it. I think you enjoy talking about it. You're just a sick individual. The Olympics are is is the sex capital of the world, Luke. Every four years. That is true. I just saw a TikTok today, actually, Luke, of a. This guy uses Tinder Premium to, uh, or Tinder Gold, whatever it's that. called, put it, yeah, to put himself in the location. Olympic Village, which is 5D Genius. chess level move. Yeah, except when they say come over and then you're like 25 hours away on a jet. Well, I imagine it's the, it's the long game. That's true. Yeah, I played a long game. They come back home and you're ready to go. Luke, do we want to fit in this last story, the Deion Sanders story? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Deion Sanders ended a Zoom call today, Luke, saying... You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion after a reporter from the Clarion Ledger, Nick Suss, uh, you know, Very referred funny. to him as Dion instead of coach. Yeah. So there you go. This has been a, a theme that I've seen a lot. Um, I, first of all, like, Dion Sanders is Dion Sanders. Like, he's not – like, people know him from more than just coaching. Like, he's a former player. He's very popular. He's Dion. Like, to me, that's not weird. And also, like – do coaches re- like? Do they really? Why do they care so much? Like, like honestly, why do they care so much about that title? Like, it should not matter what someone calls you. First of all, and second of all, why do we need to discuss what what you need to be called? Like, it's not a situation where it's disrespectful. It's just saying Dion and stuff. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's so weird to me. I've never had this issue before in my in my, in my days. In all your days talking to coaches, to, to Eddie, you know. So you you would call him Eddie to his face. I would not. I refer to coaches as coach, but it's not like a weird like thing. Like, I don't make it a weird thing. I, I think it. One, I don't really care what you do, but for me in in college, you know, it was hard to not call someone coach or Mister So and So because you're so used to it, right? Because yeah. for 21 years, you are someone that is typically subordinate to the person you're talking to, whether it's a professor, a teacher, or in this case, a coach. But you know, moving forward, Luke, I've tried to call. Coach Gosick, Ed, you know, in an email, I said, hey, hey, Ed, first off, it sounds really weird. Two, feels wrong. Yeah. In his comment below, you know, or his signature, he just writes, thanks, coach. So I'm like, yeah. Is it, are, are you saying I need to call you coach Ooh, now? Maybe I'm, he's sliding. You. See, I don't think he really cares. I think that's just how he, he types. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think most coaches care, but I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think it, Dion it feels wants like such a power some respect. Thing. Which I can kind of understand because, you know, frankly, when I see him coaching a team, I think it's a joke. I'm not taking Deion Sanders that's, as the coach very seriously. I think that's a valid point, you know, trying to actually establish himself as, as something more than just a publicity star in a school. Which, at that point, he shouldn't be the head coach. He should have started off at a different level, if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. But he, um, he deserves he, the he coaching spot, too, because now he, he obviously but knows he's the game of football. Before. Yeah, I mean, he's coached high school before. It's not like he's Has his he? first time coaching. Yeah, he he coached actually. Uh, he coached his son in high school. They were really good. So it's not like he's it's not like he's his first job. I mean, obviously the name definitely helped, but yeah. it's not it's not like he's you know D one A or anything. True, that's also true. Yeah, so I don't know, but I I think it's it's a big deal that like the fact that we like journalists have to talk about it, and then coaches like it's just a, it's like this big thing that feels very unnecessary. Well, journalists love talking about themselves. So. Yes, they do. We know. Even though it, we know. the motto is, don't be the story. You know, you don't want to be a story yeah. maker. But here we are. Yeah. But a lot of people just become the story because they like the attention. But, you know, it's it's more about that. But does that, that, that wrap up? Ahmed? Yes, it does, Luke. Take, take us away. I don't know if we've got time for both Mets and Yankees. We might have to just go one or the other. Yeah, we, 
Yeah, we probably don't have enough time for both, so we're going to the Yankees. No bias. Oh, of course we are. Yankee boy. Oh, Yankee boy. Homer boy. Yankee boy is in the building. Well, would you rather talk about the Mets? Uh, I'll give you. Not, I don't really care. Um, Yankees, though. What are they, 8-3 in their last 11 games? That's exciting. That's right. They're 3-1 and one after the All-Star break. They won 6-4 last night. Currently tied 2-2 two to two against Philadelphia. And they've kind of gotten the mantra that the Mets had early on in the year. You know, all these guys on the COVID list, a couple injuries, and you have a lineup that last night featured Rob Brantley, Greg Allen, Estevan Florial, and Tyler Wade from the 6 to the 9 hole. And they're getting really good production. And I got to say, Matt, this is the most fun I've had watching this team. Like, the last two nights when I've turned on the games, I've been more excited than usual because – there's not a lot of pressure on them. They're fun to watch. They're a little bit different. They're they're on the base pass. They're they're wreaking havoc. They're not just a team that only hits home runs. Even though whisper whisper, they did hit four home runs last night that people kind of disregarded just because Greg Allen hit a triple and had a nice other uh, base running play. But they're fun to watch. They're exciting, and and I think it could be kind of a new injection of life into a team that felt like they were maybe a little lifeless. But like you said, they were playing well even before they got these guys. So they're in a good spot in terms of playing well. But it still is an uphill battle, and it still is pressure because this is a team that's still expected to make the playoffs, no matter who's in the lineup. And I think you say the pressure's off for them now, but in a week when everyone's back or two weeks when everyone's back, the pressure's yeah. going to be magnified if these guys can't tread water. You know, if you see these guys lose their next three and you drop the six games back in the wild card, that doesn't help your cause when these guys come back. So it's good on them to try and take – and, you know, you get two or three from Boston, you're – you're looking to take both games against Philadelphia, which I think is super important to get this game tonight, just because, you know, Philadelphia is not a very great baseball team. And go in there and just try to pad your stats as best you can, right, Luke? Try to – you're playing over your head, but you hope that the pitchers don't really know what they're going up against because they haven't seen Esteban Floreal or Rob Brantley before and hope for the best. But it's exciting. It, it is fun. But let's not act like this is going to convince Yankees brass to stop being a home runner bus team, right? They're going to still look to to hit home runs and to the slug for the fences and, and to avoid the small ball and all that good stuff. I mean, even with, you know, this team, like I said, they were hitting home runs last night. It's just the way they win games. And, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of help on the base pass. But at the end of the day, like, talent eventually will reach a median. You know, if you're playing above your head, you're eventually going to come down. If you're playing below what you're supposed to be, you're going to come up. So, it's good to see guys like Gary Sanchez, Gleyber Torres, John Carlos Stanton playing well because those are the guys that do have pressure because there's an added amount on their shoulders. So for them to step up is big. But I'm a little concerned about the pitching because last night Herman started. He's been used out of the bullpen. He's not quite built up yet, so he's only able to go 75 pitches. Tonight they start uh, Asher Wojciechowski. There we go, nailed it. Uh, his first start of the year with the Yankees. He got cut from the Orioles, so that should tell you enough. He goes four innings. Then in relief, they bring in Albert Albreu and Justin Wilson. So they're not exactly rolling out the big guns. They kind of did last night, but it's tough because with Kluber out, with Herman not worked up, they just don't have a lot of starting pitching that can give them innings right now. And we talked about in the beginning of the year, you can't just wear out your bullpen every single night and expect it to, to work for the next four months. Look, I've got a really dumb question for you. Was Herman hurt yes. at some point like this year? No, the Yankees just were like, hey, like, we don't trust him to start. Let's bring out the bullpen. And they're like, oh, wait, we need him to but start. But didn't he start? It, it really made no sense. The start of this, the year? Wasn't he starting? Yeah. So he was a starter. And then they messed him up before the All-Star break. They used him as a reliever against Houston. And then they used him again as a reliever against in the Boston series. 
So then now he's in a reliever spot, but he, you know, he has to start a game on three days. Basically, so he's kind of just opener. in this weird. Yeah, he's in a very weird spot now. What, where's Davy Garcia, Luke? Like, why isn't this guy doing anything? He's been getting absolutely rocked in AAA, so I, I just don't know if they trust him to come up. Yeah, that's but fair. I I think we could see him at some that's point. Fair. He'll be up by the end of the year for sure. Well, with the expansion, they need roster, innings. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah, they need innings for sure. It's getting rough, man. I mean, it, it feels like they're just kicking the can down the road until something really bad happens, right? Just waiting for that that collapse. Yeah. But hopefully, this team can sort of figure it out once that collapse is over, right? Once you can kind of go out there and, and by the time they fall apart, you know, Judge can come back and these pieces can come back and really lift them up because, you know, Judge is a guy that's had a great season. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Judge just because of the, you know, not to say that I'm not a fan of him, just the, the aging curve and, you know, the, the the rest that he goes through, I'm not a huge fan of, but he's been really, really good this but year. But he's played the most games on the team. He's been continue. very, very good this year. But historically, he hasn't played a lot of games. Historically, he gets injured fairly frequently. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I'm, I was just pointing out he has played the most games on the team this year. Just, just reminding you before this this whole COVID right. thing. But yeah, I mean, I the question is, you know, can they tread water enough? And and what are they going to do at the deadline? And I still don't think they're going to do much at the deadline. There's nothing they can. The do. only name that keeps surf. Yeah, the only name that surfaces is Joey Gallo. I've heard a little bit of Starling Marte rumors because he's going to be traded, but I just don't see the Yankees doing it. I think they're going to stay where they are right now. And I think the bigger issue would be if they play well right now and then they get Judge and everyone back and then they play poorly. Because then the heads are going to roll. Because then people are going to be like, well, why don't we just call up all the young guys because they're hungry and, and they want it and things like that. And I think that can help for, for a few games. But over time, eventually, it's just about talent. And, and the Yankees are in a very talented division right now. You have Boston playing great baseball. You have Tampa Bay. You have the Blue Jays. They're just in a tough spot. And, and for me, I, I think the ceiling right now is a wild card. I, I mean, it's it's not insurmountable to come back from – from uh, what are they seven games down now? Yep. But it, it feels it feels like it's getting a little bit late for that. Yeah, I mean, again, you've got to probably sweep Boston. I think what you have another three, another three games, or another five from Boston. Or they've got four. They have five more. Yeah, in I think they have they have the, okay. So they have a four game series. They have one makeup, and then they have another. I think three game okay. series later on. Okay, I mean, you yeah. probably got to take. You probably have to sweep the four-game series against Boston if you even want a shot at winning the division, right? I'd, I'd imagine that's to get yeah. close to that. And the tough spot is, even if you sweep them, Tampa Bay is still in yeah. front of you. You know, you're tied with the Blue Jays. So if they play well, then you're not really doing anything. True. I don't know where you're going with this trade deadline because you can't acquire anything and go over the threshold. Otherwise, I would riot, Luke, because you could have went over it in March and actually paid guys, right? I mean... The reason they're going, they're staying underneath isn't because they don't want to pay money. It's because they want to reset that cap. You know, they've been over it so many years these last several seasons. They want to get back underneath it to revamp for next season, which is an odd thing to do when you consider the, the, the fact they haven't won a championship in 11 years now, 13 years now. But also, it's what they decided to do. So for them to think of going over the threshold now would be so stupid. At this point, you punt on the season see if you can trade off any assets. You know, maybe Brett Gardner can fetch you something as a, as a fourth outfielder for a team. I don't know. But it'd be, dumb yeah. to, it'd be dumb to buy and go over that threshold. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be a really bad look if they refuse to pay Tanaka and they refuse to get any help uh, with left-handed outfielders in the offseason and they went out and, and did at the deadline out of desperation. Like, 
this is the, the roster that Cashman thought was good enough to win a championship. So if they're not good enough to win a championship, I guess maybe that 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 speaks on him or, or just the way the roster is constructed. But it would be a bad look to to stay under and then go over. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to the Mets today. But there'll be a conversation point. Degrom's injured, Lindor's injured, the sky's falling, but they still won three out of four. Uh, but that'll wrap up all the time we have here on the Walling and Owens Show for. Matt Walling and Luke Owens, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday, same time, same place, right here on exclusively on Twitch.